Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday evening. We're glad to have joined you at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors. We'll start uh, off tonight with College Corner. Hey, this weekend, if you're headed to Starkville and you want to wear some maroon and white, guess where you should go? College Corner. Hey, this weekend, if you're not coming to Starkville and just want to watch the game at your house, have a little tailgate party, guess where you should go? College Corner. Whether you're coming to Starkville or whether you're staying at home, College Corner has you covered with all the maroon and white merchandise that you need to put on yourself or to put around the house to put up for the tailgate party. Whatever it is you're doing, College Corner has you covered. They got two locations in Jackson. They're over in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can go shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems know that as the holiday season is getting here, your business needs to be making sure it's completely efficient. You can't be bogged down with outdated technology. That's what Advantage Business Systems does. They present a plan to you that gets your business running the way you want it to. So give them a call today and put 45 years of experience here in the Magnolia State to work for you. Call them at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. You can find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Alabama 41, Mississippi State nothing. Nada. Zilch zero, Joel T. Coleman, you and I were in the press box in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We were. You saw what I saw. I did. I need to know what's causing all that. You know, we started this show, Brian, what, July of 2018, I believe? That's that's correct. When Thunder and Lightning united. That's right. And ever since then, every time there's been a football game, we've sat here, these microphones are... Maybe not these. Some microphone. Somewhere. Two microphones somewhere. Yes. And after every football game, you have asked me the question, Joel T. Coleman, Woo! what's causing all that? Well, today I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn, and I'm not really going to tell you what's causing all that. A left turn this close to the election? No. I'm just turning. All right. You know, yeah. whatever makes you most politically happy listening. Uh, and I'm going to take a little bit of a turn, okay. and instead of telling you what's causing all that, I'm going to tell you... What you better hope's causing all that. Okay. And you better hope what's causing what happened in Tuscaloosa and what we have seen the last three, four weeks, in which basically it's the worst three-game stretch offensively since Sylvester Croom in 2008. Um, State has not had three straight games of less than 300 yards of total offense since Sylvester Croom in 2008. What you better hope is causing all that is what I kind of said a couple of weeks ago. And that I think I said something to the effect of, I don't know that Mike Leach has the personnel right now to do what he wants to do. You better hope that's the case. You better hope that the reason the air raid isn't working is because the offensive line, whether by not being coached well enough yet or not getting it up front, although they did play a little bit better, um, I think. Uh, you better hope that the wide receivers, the wide receivers, which I think coming into the year, we just thought plug and play. Mike Leach has always had success. Put any receiver out there and he can get some production out of them. You better hope that that's kind of not the case and that these receivers just aren't that good. Or either that or they have some growing to do. Or they have some development um, to do. You better just hope that right now uh, the quarterback play, whether, you know, if, you're, if your guy's KJ, if you want KJ Costello to be the quarterback, uh, you better hope that he just kind of doesn't get it, and that's why it doesn't work all that well when he's quarterback. If, if Will's your guy, you better just hope he's too young right now for it to work. You better just hope that right now it's a personnel problem. You better hope that the last three or four weeks is all that. Because if it's scheme, and the scheme doesn't work in the SEC, or it's coaching, and these guys can't uh, you know, 
get the most out of these players or whatever. If, if it's anything other than the personnel just doesn't fit right now, well, buddy, the next two, three years are going to suck for you. So yeah, that's, that's what you better hope is causing all that, is that this personnel just doesn't fit right now. For whatever the reason. Youth, inexperience, hadn't been coached uh, you know, well enough to, to grasp it yet. You better hope right now it's a personnel issue. Well said. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. Nothing you said was wrong there. I, I agree with all of it, to be totally honest with you. Um, because, as what we're about to discuss, you know, this is not a quick. This is not. I hate. I hate the narrative that this was about quick fixes, and you know, this was all expected. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree that they. Ex Did they expect some struggles? Maybe. Yeah. Sure. I didn't expect this. How could you? He, he, Mike Leach has never yeah. been shut out. Yeah. Mike Leach has now had two games this year in which his offense has not scored. Yeah. And then the other. Yeah. The offense has scored seven points in the last three games. I mean, that, that's not something you could have predicted. And, and, and anybody who says they, they predicted it, that is not a thing that is true. And, and the offense scored 21 points over the last three games, right? Four. Four games. Four games. Going back to Arkansas. Because, I mean, you have a pick scored, six in there. You have a safety in there. That, that's yeah, four, they scored 14 against Arkansas, nothing against Kentucky, seven against Texas A&M, and nothing against Alabama. Yeah. I mean, that's just not... No, no, nobody, nobody. You could sit there. And, oh, I thought we would. No. I mean, you're you're literally averaging. You're making that five up. points a game of offense. You're, you're making that up if you say, "Oh, I saw this coming." So I don't want to hear that from you. I don't believe you, and I, that's just how that is going to be. And again, you better hope it's a personnel problem. Let's talk about some things we can believe in, and those are the things that are true. Brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. You can believe in Welcome Home Beef. I promise you that much. They average far more than five points a game. They're a touchdown every time you put them on the grill, put it in the pan, put it in the pot. Welcome Home Beef has the products you're looking for. And, of course, as we get closer to the holiday season, you know, turkey's great. I love turkey. Going to cook one. Don't worry about that. But a whole beef tenderloin. Now, that's a... That's a holiday meal like you would not believe, or a whole prime rib. Well, Welcome Home Beef has those products. And, of course, in the weekends leading to that, you want to get yourself a steak, get yourself some burgers, a roast, maybe make a beef stew. It's getting cold out there. It's that time. Maybe a big pot of chili. Again, Welcome Home Beef has the, not only those products, but the best products to make that happen for you. So give them a call today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Place an order. See if they'll ship to you. Whatever they, they end up sending you, I promise you one thing for sure. It just tastes good. Uh, I think I, I, a dozen. I think it's 13. I didn't number uh, I sort of went straight. I, I wrote I, I saw I had some of them going during the game. So you'll have to uh, forgive me. <laughs> you'll have to forgive me. Some of them are just, it's like a little stream of consciousness kind of thing happening here. <laughs> Not number today, just bullet points. Yeah, I, I'll keep up with the numbers. Uh <laughs> Number one, I haven't been very critical of Zach Barnett all year, and I'm not overly critical of him after this uh, particular performance. Alabama's the best offense in the country. They have super talent at every position. Uh, they have the best offensive line, so yeah, that's fine. But any defense designed to match up London Craft one-on-one with uh, Devontae Smith needs to just go in the garbage from day one. I feel like I'm reliving the Nico Whitley covering Dante Moncrief days. <laughs> oh, this is ten times worse. At least Whitley was a reasonably good player. Nothing against Lonnie Kraft. He's been a good player. That guy's a walk-on. Devontae Smith is a top, the top wide receiver in college football. And even with Jamar Chase out, he might have been the guy anyway. How do you how do you divine how do you design the defense that says, all right, now if this happens, you're going to be one-on-one -on -one with this guy? That cannot happen. That's something that that's a that's a co that's a coaching bust more than anything else to me. Well, I think Duncan was on him some too. I mean, it's just well, a safety. Yeah. It, the, 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 this is one of those moments for me, Joel, that you know, where football is not as complicated as people make it out to be. Before the game, it's just, hey, Martin Emerson, where he goes, you go. And it's just that simple. He's covering him. Same way I, I said back in 2012 when I said, hey, Jonathan Banks, where Moncrief goes, you go. And it's just that simple. That's how that has to be. you got to match up strength on strength there. So, But all, overall, the defense was... In a game where they gave up 41, well, I guess they only gave up 34 points. But they, they, were, they were about as good as you could expect them to be when they're not getting anything from the offense. Yeah, I mean, but that's a, but that's a bust. Georgia gave up 40-something to Alabama. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's a bust. Happens. That's a bust. 
Yeah, it did make a lot of sense. Um, no, that, that's one of those deals where you kind of wish after the game we'd talk to Arnett to yeah. kind of get a little more insight. I don't know, you may not want to talk to Arnett after that game. I don't know that I want to talk to Arnett after a game. He, he's still he angry on Thursdays. Intense on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah, he really is. So, uh, number two. You know, you're not getting anything from your offense, obviously, right? You're putting your defense in those kind of situations. you got to get better punting. The punting was poor Saturday night. Neither Day nor Bowman. Day had to come out for it. He got no, I didn't see what happened, but I saw him getting helped off, and he missed a couple of punts. Um, but they, they didn't either one of them average 40 yards a kick. I mean, you got to give your defense a little bit more of a chance. They started how many possessions inside their 35, 40-yard line? You just gotta get, just gotta be better than that. Wouldn't have mattered. That's the first on, special teams issues we've had this year, though. Wouldn't have mattered on Saturday, but no. in some games, yeah. it, it could hurt you. Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm nitpicking because everything wrong is on the offense. Yeah. But I feel like I'm just gonna bring those up. All right, number three. So at one point during the game, I tweeted something about I defy you guys to find a positive from this because so many people were like, why are they talking negative, negative, negative? As I got it like ten tweets with, they never quit. Folks, the thing that is true is. They never quit is not a positive, right? The team not quitting is not a positive. That is the absolute minimum baseline expectation is that they don't quit and just lay down and take it, <laughs> all right? That's not a positive. Now, if a team that is underachieving plays with great effort, you know, a team that's outmatched plays with great effort, that can be a positive. But they didn't quit is not a positive, can you imagine if you just showed up to work and in your performance review, like, what's your positive? Well, I haven't quit. <laughs> I just, just show up every day and barely do my job, but I haven't quit yet. And that's, that's not a positive. I stink at what I do, but I keep yeah. doing it. They never quit is not a positive in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. All right? That is the absolute least I can expect from you. Yeah, you're right, but I do get where that sentiment comes from because we have both seen teams roll over. Before. We have, and that's a negative. Yes. But not quitting. It is, should be it, expected that you don't quit. Yeah, it's a, that, that is a baseline minimum expectation. If that's all you have to take away, then you, you're don't in have any world of you don't have any positives. That's not a positive at all. And number four, have you have you taken a look at the stats from uh, the game? Have you like, uh, last night as I was kind of writing and things? Of course, I had it pulled up and was referencing some stuff, but I haven't would you, done. Would you like to see? The, would you like to know the stat that I, I found the most interesting? Sure. It's the completions for both quarterbacks, for Rodgers and for Mac Jones. They both completed 24 passes. but One for 147. One for 147 and one for 291 and four scores. Yeah. And that says it all. Big plays. It's, 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 it's not even big plays, although they, you know, they're certainly big plays. But he averaged 9.4 yards uh, uh, per attempt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's okay. You know, I mean, outside of Devontae Smith... You had a bunch of guys just catching checkdown passes mm -hmm. from Mac Jones, but State has no big plays. There's nothing going on now. They almost had a couple. They had uh, Malik Keith. Malik Keith. I need to rewatch that play because not only do I, I thought it was a catch, yeah, at first time, and I thought on replay it was a catch, but I, I, I didn't watch it close enough. Everybody's claiming there was some sort of targeting on that play. Yeah, it was. Have you seen it? Yes. Was there targeting? Ah. I... It's is there so, a questionable hit, shall we say? Yes, there there is something there that I think they could have. Was it head to head, or the guy the guy in the replay, or not the replay, but the, the media relations people who are Alabama people, they said that they felt like he may have shoved him late, like he was coming out of bounds and they just hit him then, but didn't say it was head to head. Uh, it wasn't head to, head, but it was it was high. It's it high. was a high. Okay. Hit. Like, I mean. Look, targeting too, is one of those issues. Too many people were tweeting me about it for it not to have been true. Yeah, targeting is one of those issues where sometimes I don't even know what's targeting. But oh yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I've, I've seen similar hits before called targeting. Yeah. So okay. I mean, that said, you don't take a positive from that play away. It's a great throw by Will Rogers. It was a good throw. Uh, they also had late in the game they, they they he threw to Osiris Mitchell, and I'll just tell you straight up, Osiris Mitchell alligator armed that ball. He heard the safety coming in, and he decided not. He made a business decision not to take the hit. Simple as that. He he he, he chickened out. <laughs> and there's no other way. Watch that play a thousand times and tell me I'm wrong. He's he's got his arms out to make the catch. He feels the safety coming in. He pulls his arm back in. He could easily have caught that ball. It would have been a big play. I mean, at that point, it would have been 34 to seven or 41 to seven. Doesn't make a difference, but it's something. 
as the ESPN autoplay kicks up here. Uh, but that's incredible to me that they had the same number of completions, and yet the game is so different. It's, I mean, it's it's it's. It feels like Will Rogers' stat line should have been like seven for thirty-one, not twenty-four for or thirty. He was twenty-four for thirty-seven. I can't remember how many there were, but against LSU, there were may have been double digits plays. You know, twelve. Yeah, o- o- over twelve 50, plays over twenty or over, over twenty yards, whatever it was. There have has there been half that since? Buddy, I don't In know. The if there's I don't know. There's been more than five. I know. Like, I mean, they just. I, not that I can remember. Yeah. So no. Incredible. If I, am I wrong, by the way, that State's goal line, the first and goal from the one, was the first goal line snap of the year? Then they, I mean, first red zone snap. I don't, I don't know if they had been in the red zone yet. I don't, I know they hadn't been inside the ten. Maybe they, I think they had a, maybe a sequence in the in the LSU game where they threw a pick. But, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Then. I, 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 can't rem- I can't remember. I can't remember. But seems like surely they were inside <laughs> the red zone a couple times in Baton Rouge. But it, it's just, it is really something to me that that stat really stood out to me that they could have the same number of completions and the game could be so incredibly different. Just goes to show you. Uh, number five. It's the rule of threes here. State has made. Three trips to Tuscaloosa since 2016. They've taken three different head coaches to do that trip. They've scored a total of three points. In those games, 2016, 274 yards. 240 yards in 2018. Last night, 200. So it's trending the wrong way. Dak, as a senior at home, lost to Alabama 31-6 to and was sacked nine times. Man, he was beat up that day. He got sacked on the first play, and I was just like, the game's over. Yeah. 2012, we believe. Seven points, 256 yards. Guys, this is State's brand. It's getting humiliated by Alabama. Since they won there in 2006, they've scored a total of 47 points in Tuscaloosa, 20 of which were in one game in 2014. So this isn't something new. It sucked, and it wasn't pleasant to watch, but it's not new. They lost 51-3 to two seasons ago. Yeah. Or the, four seasons ago. I mean, the issue here is the fact that it's the third game right. or the fourth game in a row of this. Right. Just but inefficient. People getting so angry that they got humiliated by Alabama. That's what this has been for the last decade and a half. Yeah, but what did you and I say going into the game? Like, If you go over there and you lose... Like even like forty-one, fourteen, or something. You would have felt better. You, you feel... But at the, like, the day, okay, well, at the end of the day... You know, it, there are so many people who are just like, this was the last straw. This was it's Alabama. Yeah, it's this twenty. It's the number two team in the country. It's really the best team in the country. We saw that Clemson has some flaws, and I mean, they're not Trevor Lawrence missing. They, they had trouble stopping that Boston College offense. Alabama's the best team in the country, and you went to their home field, and I mean, you lose. You get blown out. Well, I mean, you lost by less than you did in 2016. 20, 2018, yeah, you had you know you were able to hold them down a little bit, but that defense was better than this defense is. You know, I mean, outside of that twenty fourteen game, you've lost every game by twenty plus since two thousand six when you won there. You know, you've been, haven't beaten them since two thousand and seven. So I, I, I don't. This game was not a measuring stick game. It wasn't, me. but the issue is, Brian, you don't exit this game with any. You didn't get any sniff of any kind of hope. You're right. You're not. That, wrong. That's the issue. You're it's not, not the. It's not that you got drilled at Alabama again. That's the last straw thing for some people. Which it's not the last straw. I mean, it just didn't. But I can understand that frustration, just given that. I mean, if you went into this game and your sole objective, you didn't care what the final score was, didn't matter how bad State got beat, is you just wanted to see something that gave you a little bit of hope going forward. You didn't get it. You got nothing. Um. I mean, if you told me right now to take away a positive from from the night offensively, they didn't quit. <laughs> no. no. Well, I, I was gonna say, and, and people may laugh at this because again, I'm not an offensive line guru, mm-hmm. but particularly early well, on, they were the, better. The offensive line, was they were better. And they were they were much better, I thought. I mean, it may have only been like a C plus performance, C minus, but it was an F two weeks ago. Yes. So they they, they were better. 
Not not good. No, not good. But better. But better. Yeah. Better is what you need right now. Does every if everybody was better, you had a chance to do some things. Uh, this is number six. Uh, shout out to JMC Dog on twenty four seven. He he put this he put put this up there, uh, and it's an incredible uh, stat. Uh, states in two of states last three games, the opposing offense could have not taken the field and they still would have won. Yeah. Kentucky would have Kentucky would have won seven to two, and <laughs> Alabama would have won seven to nothing. I mean, Kentucky has proven time and time again that the recipe to beat them is just don't let them. Don't let them beat you. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't. As crazy as that sounds, like don't give them the ball. Yeah. Don't don't allow them to have like a defensive score because they're not going to score offensively. Right. But how incredible is that? Two games where the offense could have just taken a knee every play, and if everything else is the same, they both they still win. That that's 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 pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. So. That say when I, when I read that that post on the message board, my, my eyes like I did the, the you know that guy the the gif of the blinking guy was like you know yeah that was me I was like oh my god that's correct so uh, number seven 16 and a half point favorite I don't see that against Vandy now hadn't scored I have had a couple people reach out to me and they're like God Vanderbilt is really bad I reached out to Richard Cross. Who of course was in Nashville this past weekend covering the game as part of the Ole Miss uh, broadcast team. And he's like, they're really, really bad. And I get that, but State's really, really bad right now. State's better defensively than Vanderbilt is, and that's great. So maybe State can get a couple scores defensively, and that'll do something. But do we really have faith in this offense with 17 points up? I mean, the answer to that question is no. no. <laughs> I mean. I'm not saying they won't, because they, they could. I didn't but. see the over-under. If it's more than 40, I, I may have to go to the casino. I may have to go to Philadelphia this week. Because that's that's an... I, I, I honestly thought State might be like a seven-point favorite. 16.5 means that Vegas knows how bad Vanderbilt is. They must they must be a lot worse than even I'm seeing on television. Now, I didn't get to watch... I watched them against A&M, where they were actually halfway decent. Um and then, since then, I haven't really watched much. And of course, yesterday we were driving, so I think it's you know, we, I, we were listening to the radio. When twenty-one nothing, we were like, "Well, never mind. There's yeah. not no point in listening to this." Yeah. So, sixteen and a half, though. I can't. I cannot believe a team is so bad that a team that has scored, you know, twenty-one offensive points in the last four games could be a sixteen and a half point favorite. Which means, what I tell you last last night on the ride home. What's that? State loses this game. You can You're start. a rock bottom kind that's, of. That's 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 the that's the bottom. I mean, you, so you have just you can't lose this game if you want to if you want to have anything going moving forward. Now we'll talk about a little bit more about that as we go along here. But uh, that said, this game for me, number eight, this is the start of the second season. This is a tale of two seasons. If State finishes strong, they find a way to beat Vanderbilt, beat Ole Miss, and win one more. Beat Auburn, beat Missouri. I don't think I think everybody goes into next year. Okay, it's going to be okay. But they got to find a way to win those games. And right now, outside of Vanderbilt, you can't look at anything with any confidence and go, "Yes, yeah, State's winning." Missouri can obviously put up some points. Ole Miss, you know, can put up a ton of points. Uh, neither one of those teams are great defensively. After what Auburn did to LSU, I mean that 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 looks like an L for sure. It looks like an L, but at the same time, if you saw the uh, stat they put up with the splits of Bo Nix home versus away. It's pretty incredible. At home, he's Tim Tebow. On the road, he's you know Tim the Two Man Taylor. But again, Mississippi State cannot score. They cannot score, but they're good defensively. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's all about this next month it, plus it, week. It does set up for you to have a, a five game stretch where you can go into the offseason feeling better about yourself. This is where I predicted, by the way. We're still there. Obviously, I missed the Arkansas LSU thing. But I had them one and four. Yep. And then I had them beating Vandy, Ole Miss, and Missouri. If they do that, if they finish four and six, I think people and, and the offense is, is better in those games. Doesn't have to be good, just better, enough to win. Then I think everybody can move forward into two, into twenty uh, twenty one, which is a real year, and feel okay. A real year that we're like sixty days away from. Yeah, you're right. Uh I don't even know where I am anymore, but I think it's number nine. Um, you have every right to be concerned, though. Yep. 
And I saw a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people on message boards, you know, like, yo, you know, what'd you expect? Nobody expected to only score 21 points in four games. And if you did expect that, you were sure singing a different tune after the LSU game. Yeah. There's and, no way around that. And, I, you know, I, I mentioned earlier um, that it's the first time since Kroom in 2008 that the state's had less than 300 yards in three straight games. And I've seen multiple tweets after I tweeted that last night and then in other conversations today where people are like, yeah, but nobody's ever played an all-conference schedule. Look, state's only played five conference games right now. Right. Five, five games. They've had a bunch of times over the last few years where they've played five SEC games in a row. I mean, Moore had played seven in a row they last year. played seven in a row last year. I mean... Including Auburn and LSU in a three-game stretch. Or then you can switch it around and put LSU and Alabama in a three-game stretch. I mean, without going back to look, I would dare say that over the last decade or two, State probably plays at least four SEC games in a row every year. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, and it may be more like five every five in a row every year. I mean, so last year you played Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, A and M, Arkansas, Alabama, all in a row. Yes, your four uh, there was a five game stretch. The year before that you played Kentucky, Florida, LSU, Texas A and M, all in a row. Yes, and right now remember you're only on a five game stretch. Right, <laughs> it's not, you hadn't played the full. They, 10 they broke them up in uh in seventeen. You played LSU, Georgia, Auburn, all in a row. Yeah, and then you played Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Ole Miss, all in a row. 16, you played, again, they did a pretty good job breaking them up, but you did play A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss all in a row. 15, you played Kentucky, Missouri, Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss all in a row. Uh, 14, you played LSU, Texas A&M, Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas in a row. So, like, yeah, you're. I mean, pretty, I can just keep going here. Yeah, know? I mean, like, every year almost you're 13, having at least four or five SEC games in a row. Thirteen, you played Kentucky, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss, all in a row. Yes, and it's just the same, you know. Is that yeah? I'll go another one. Twelve, Alabama, A&M, LSU, Arkansas, Ole Miss. The end of the year, it's all. I mean, November. This was like the first year they put a non-conference yeah. game, or last year was the first year they had a non-conference game in November, in quite a while. Or especially in the middle of all that. So, so let's remake the schedule and just pretend like the next five games are against, you know, whoever. Yeah. Troy, Alcorn, I don't care. Throw yeah. in the stat still remains. You play yeah. <laughs> three games in a row, got less than 300 yards. The offense is in a really bad spot right now, and if you want to be concerned, back you have every point, right. You have every every right. To, and and to do you it. can be a person who's like, look, I believe Mike Leach is going to get this turned around, which is what I am. Yeah. But you can also say, right now, what's happening is not acceptable. That that's not you can't do that, and with Mike Leach's reputation, you know, if State had hired, I'm trying to think of who's a good defensive coach. I don't know any any defensive minded coach, and, and <laughs> they hired Jeremy Pruitt away. Yeah, and, and the office was struggling like this. You might even say, okay, well, I mean, Pruitt's got to you know figure out what he wants to do. You, you can find a way to justify it. You can't justify this with Mike Leach. He can't. All right, you cannot. You can't, especially after an offseason when we talked about KJ Costello being this. You know, the best grad transfer quarterback available. And then you pick up Tyrell Shavers, who's not even on the team anymore. And, and you know, you, you you just can't do it. So you have every right. Don't let anybody tell you you don't. To be angry, upset, concerned about what's happening. And I'm not saying that to tap out on Mike yeah. Leach. I think he's going to turn it around. His track record tells you he's going to. But to sit there and say, you know, hey, you can't talk about it. What did you expect? I didn't expect to only score 21 points in four games. Yeah. yeah. And anybody who says they did is lying. I mean, it's not a 0% chance here that maybe the... I'm not saying that I believe this. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think you look at Mike Leach's reputation, you, you would have to be, I think, a, a fool to just say he's not going to make it work. Because he's always made it work. Yeah. No, you're right. But it's not a 0% chance that it fails. Right. I mean, because, what, the air raid hadn't been in the SEC since Hell Mummy, late 90s? Basically. And... This version of it, anyway. Is there a reason for that? Maybe... <laughs> maybe people smarter than you and I, and that don't take much, uh, looked at it and said, it just doesn't work in that league kind of thing. And so here it comes, and maybe it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I think it will, again. Um, but yeah, if you want to be worried about that, you have seen evidence to be worried about that. I agree. Uh, you said, this is number, I guess, 10. 
Uh, you said that the state had not had a sub three hundred straight three straight games yeah. since two thousand eight. Yes, I just went off of memory and said, "What do I think the worst three game stretch was for a Croom team?" And I went 0-6 the first three games where they were shut out back to back games by South Carolina and Auburn, and they lost to Tulane. You want to guess the yardage for those three games combined? Then just for you the record, it was seven twelve in the last three games for Mississippi State this year. Uh. 572. It's only 40 yards off. That's that's rough. And that has a non-conference game in there. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you would think and you're right, they did they had a lot more yards against Tulane than they had. They actually had the same number of yards against Auburn and South Carolina, 161. Um but the fact that we can make these comparisons sort of goes back to what I just said. Anytime you can make a comparison to a Sylvester Croom offense, that is a red flag. That is a reason to be concerned. It's not good to be compared to Sylvester Croom. In any in any you know, in terms of football. Yeah. You know, good guy. Good man. Don't get me wrong. I certainly thought he cared about his players. But when you start saying, well, you know, his numbers were I mean, it's not like his numbers were as bad as Croom. But that's again, we're going back. That is the minimum baseline expectation. <laughs> You can't have that. So, yeah. You're only 40 yards off. Basically, what I'm saying is if... I'm trying to think of the last two games. Has there been like a 40-yard... If Malik Heath doesn't catch that touchdown, it just go falls incomplete, then it's the same, basically. One play. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's flags for concern. You, you, you again, I, I feel like I'm tying these two together. I don't even know what number it is anymore. State, what state fans and what us in the media need to do is that we need to determine what is the minimum standard that we're going to accept as improvement over these next five games. You know, because I, I don't, I don't feel like, well, they scored fourteen on Vanderbilt and got the win somehow. That's not improvement. That's not improvement. Yeah, you know, if they score, you know, fourteen on Vandy and seven on Auburn and they get shut out by Georgia and you know. 20 on Ole Miss because they're terrible defensively and you know, 14 on, on... That's not improvement. Well, I mean, it's just... I don't, I don't know what you do from a statistical standpoint, but for me, it's like an eye test thing. Yes. Like, like at, at Bama, what'd you have to start the game? Like four or five, three and outs, and you didn't get a first down until, what, sometime in the second quarter? And uh, I mean, your eyes are going to tell you if Mississippi State... Is sustaining drives. If the offensive line is keeping pressure off of whoever the quarterback is, um, your eyes are going to be able to tell you if Mississippi State is moving the football and and scoring more points. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I mean, you're going to be able to tell if State looks more competent offensively with your eyeball. And so, it's, to to me, it's as simple as that. I don't really know that I can put a number on it. You know, what, what what's the but because like the Arkansas game, for instance, State had 400 yards of offense in that game. But there were early signs in that game that the offense was starting to struggle. Yeah. Even with 400 yards of offense, so I don't know if there is a a, a statistical measure that you look at and say, oh, it has to be 500 yards passing and 35 points minimum. I I don't know if that's it. It just you have to be able to look at it with your eyeballs and say the offensive line has gotten better. The receivers. They've gotten better. Quarterbacks are making quicker decisions. I mean, it is strictly a look at it with your eyes, and you tell me if position group by position group they've gotten better. That, that's what to me improvement is. It's not anything that you can put a number. We on. can't. We can't just look at the stats. It's stat sheet at the end of the game. I, yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think you could score. That's acceptable. I mean, I think you could score twenty-one points against Vandy, put up three, you know, around four hundred yards. Three twenty-three fifty-four and if it, it may not look great, but if you look at it and you just think, well, it wasn't fantastic, but that was better than it was a week ago. And then the next game, you kind of do the same thing, and it's just a progressively okay. It seems to be clicking. Yeah. Uh, may not be going full throttle, but it's just getting better. I think that right now is the standard. Just next week needs to be better than what you just saw, and the week after that needs to be better than that one. Okay. Right now, I think that's all you can hope for. I mean, it's not just going to all of a sudden air raid just 
kicks into gear, I don't think. No, you're not right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, hindsight being what it is, I think we're on 12 now. Where's the first mistake? Was it hiring Joe Moorhead? Was it firing Joe after just two seasons? Was it hiring Mike Leach? Where's the mistake that's got Mississippi State to this point? Because Dan Mullen leaves in 2018. And I understand that, you know, the program wasn't it wasn't set for success past maybe where we are right now. And what I mean by success is to to build upon and continue like nine win seasons, right? But there's no excuse to be where you are right now. None. You know, Moorhead underachieved, certainly. Especially that 2018 team. He can say what he wants, but that team was good enough to win 10 games. 2019, I, I, you know, with the, the suspensions that they had, I don't uh, I don't know how much better they could have been. You know, if they had this, the same team the whole year, I think they would have probably won two more games. And then we're definitely not talking about Mike Leach. Because if Joe Moorhead goes 8-4, and 8-5 with a bowl loss or whatever, he's still the head coach. So, so where's the, where is it that they went wrong? I mean, again, and you mentioned it, but just to reemphasize this, we have the benefit of hindsight. Right. Um, was it not hiring a coach that just basically ran what Mullen ran? I, I was going to, that's where I was going to go with that is if you want to assign one pivot point that mm-hmm. got to here. Yeah. It, it, John Cohen had every reason to hire Joe Moorhead. On paper. I, I, on paper, it, without the benefit of hindsight, in at the time he hired him, I mean, I I thought that was a fantastic hire. Yeah. Everybody around the country thought that was a fantastic hire. Yeah. You had this. You struggled you, to find people who criticized it. Yes, but with the benefit of hindsight, if if the program internally, you know, from a discipline standpoint, indeed, did start to turn downward, and things, I, I guess, I mean, if you're gonna look at one one point, I guess it's that higher, right? It has to be that that higher. You, with the benefit of hindsight, I guess. And that's not a knock on a, Joe at that point. That's no, that's on. They should have just found like somebody like, look, who, who can we get that is similar to to Mullen in what they like to do offensively. Well, Joe Morehead was somewhat. Somewhat, like that. but obviously not. Yeah. I mean, obviously his offense and Mullins were were, were quite different. You know, and the times that it looked similar was was against what Joe really wanted to do. He didn't want to run Fitzgerald as much as he did. He felt like he didn't have any choice. So I don't know where that mistake there, but there was there's there's a there's a point because when State walks off the field January, I guess December thirty first or whatever it was in twenty seventeen, with the Gator Bowl trophy or the Tax Slayer Bowl, whatever it is. And you look at it next year, like, man, Fitzgerald and, and Aris Williams is back, and most of the offensive line is back, and so much is back on the defense. They're going to be really, really good. And it's been down since then. You know, you're underachieved. I, I've said before, I think that they, they hit the floor in 2018. I don't think they, they were capable of losing more games than they lost. Uh, and then 2019, we all saw what happened there. They definitely underachieved. and they, if they if, But the suspensions, you know, skew everything. You don't really know what you're looking at. And then this year, I mean, there's no excuse for an SEC team to be this bad offensively. I don't care what, I don't care how big the difference is in system from last year to this year. It doesn't make any sense for a team to not be able to move. It doesn't make sense to be 200 yards, 200 yards. I mean, that's not that's not something that makes sense, especially when you hired a coach known for his offense. I understand it's going to take time to get things going and clicking full speed. I didn't think they were going to average 650 yards passing a game, uh, a, a game in this season. But I thought they'd be a hell of a lot better than they are right now, and they're not. So somewhere along the way, some, there, there was something that happened that put MSU on this trajectory. I, if I could put my finger on it, I would. I don't know what it is, though. Well, I mean, with hindsight, though, it is that hire right there. Because if you make the right hire there. Yeah. I don't know who that guy would have been I, I don't either. Time. I don't know. Neil Brown. I mean, maybe. Scott Satterfield was still at App State at that point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, last one, which I think is 13. State's, to use a poker term, and I mentioned this on the, on the Periscope, State is pot committed at this point. Mm-hmm. They have too much of their money in the pot to walk away from the hand. They have to see it through, and if they lose, they lose. 
but they cannot fold at this point. And seeing it through means minimum, bare minimum, three years. That's the absolute bare minimum. He would have to still be doing what he's doing now in two, two years at the end of the 2022 season yeah. to be in trouble. Because, I mean, there's still a part of me. Look, and, and this is going to go back probably a little bit on what I just said in the last thing that is true. There's still a part of me that is really, really shocked Mississippi State fired Joe Moorhead after two years. Yeah. You can't do that twice. No, you cannot. Think. You cannot do that at all. Two twice. Or two times. You can't. You, you can't have two, three head coaches in four years at Mississippi State. You just can't. You know? Because at that point, think about it, you know, if you say, okay, this isn't working, the area's not working, we need to get back to what we know, and that's power football. Well, now you've recruited two classes to run the air raid. So when are you going to get back to power football? You're going to tell Sawyer Robertson, okay, we got to figure out a way to run the ball 25 times with you? I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. State's totally committed to Mike Leach at this point. They have to give him every chance to succeed. He's going to probably be here for four years, if I had to guess. Yeah, and... And, and, I, look, and, again, look, and look, that's okay. I believe it's going to turn around. I do, too, and that's where I was about to go with that. that that's okay because, look, everybody's had to deal with it. But there's been a few things here. Mike Leach didn't have a, a that spring season, and I know nobody had a spring season. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not but, buying into that too much. Well, I'm just saying that the, the whole, you want Mike Leach to come in, and the reason he was hired was to be the disciplinary and to be the sheriff in town. Well, he comes in and doesn't really even get to know his guys at all because they're all quarantined, and when he gets to talk to them, it's over a computer screen for the first however many months, just about. I mean, you don't have a spring to kind of weed out things. The Jalen Maidens and Garrett Schraders of the world don't have a spring to see that, hey, you're not going to play quarterback to get out kind of thing. Um, some of that didn't get to work its way out. Uh, you, you don't have a spring to install maybe some of the offense and, and for some of the, the offensive line or receivers to work out any kinks at all and learn. And I, again, I know that everyone had these issues, but not everyone hired a new head coach and changed schemes completely. And I know some of this might be sound like excuse making, but some of it's reasons. You know, I, I don't know that it's 100% excuse making. Maybe it is a pretty darn good reason that you went from one offensive scheme to a uh, what do we say, a, a scheme that's now in the SEC for the first time in two decades, basically, and you didn't have a spring to learn it. I, I, some of that is reasons. And guess what? In a year's time, you're going to have a season's worth of it and hopefully a spring practice. And, you know, Mike Leach is going to start to get some of some more of his guys in. And some of the guys that are still around will have had two years then in the system. And I don't know. I... I, I Despite all the frustration that I know everyone has, and as we said, I think some of that's warranted, I think it's okay to take a step back, too, and say, yeah, but he's always made it work. Yeah. Again, it well, goes back to that. He exactly. always has made it work. Exactly. But, yeah, st State is th – th this is going to be seen through one way or the other because there's just no other choice. There is no other choice. There is no letting Mike Leach go after two years. It's not it's, – it's something you need to stop talking about. Now, I probably said that about Moorhead, but I really mean it this time. Yeah, and and I mean, it's not the – if you're John Cohen, it's not the greatest of looks in the world if you have to hire a third football coach in like a – In five years. Like a five-year span, yeah. Yeah, you're talking about you hired Moorhead in November of 2017. You hired Leach in January of 2020. And then you're talking about hiring Coach 3 yeah. in so, I mean, November of 2022. Yeah, so I mean, if you're saying... Or November of 2021, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's not so, happening. So if you're saying Joe didn't work, and then if you say Mike didn't work, I mean, John Cohen's a baseball guy. Sooner or later, you run out of strikes. Yeah. yeah like, right. And that's just the fact of the matter. That's not a knock on John or anything other than just the reality of the situation. That if you just keep every couple of years hiring <laughs> a football coach, that's not, the, that's not the greatest of optics. It's not. Well, enough about all that stuff. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right. Coffee is for closers. It's brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. It's getting cold outside. Nothing to warm you up in the morning like a hot beverage from Strange Brew. Head over to the drive-thru. Head over to the walk-up window if you want to get out of the car. Get a little of that brisk air in your face over there on University Drive. 
and ask for one of their incredible crafted drinks or just some of their, their coffee, which is the best you can buy. And if you've got a coffee lover in your life, shop online with Strange Brew Coffee House. Get some coffee shipped anywhere in the continental United States, I believe. I don't, I, maybe not to, to Connecticut. They just don't like people there, from what I was told. They don't like the Connecticutians. I think that's what they're called. I was going to say, is that really what they're called? What do I know? I Connecticut, know. Connecticutians. Conne- Connecticut? Connecticutites. Connectors. That's what they were to call them. Boom. So anyway, don't worry about those people. You worry about yourself here in Starville or in Tupelo. You can go to Brupolo and hit up, hit up Strange Brew Coffee House. All right, Mike Leach is getting no coffee. I don't know if Mike Leach drinks coffee. Not sure if he does. He or does, not. I think. Okay, well he can't have it. No, co- I mean at some point I just got to put it on the head guy, right? I mean it, it's on him at this point. He's got to fix it. He's got to figure something out. He might have to make an adjustment to his system. He might just have to. You know, suck it up and say, hey, take one read and then go, Will Rogers. Just get get four or five yards, hit the ground. Something. Uh, something's got to change. I don't think that four games of struggle after I'm, 20 I'm, years I'm not, I'm is going to change Mike Lee. I get that. I'm not asking him to, you know, have that Saul on the road to Damascus moment and completely forswear everything he's been doing before. I'm just saying he's got to put a wrinkle in. he got to do something different because he can't continue forward like this this season, you got to do something if you want to win games. Are you are you willing to go one and nine just to get to the end of the season? At that point, just tell everybody to opt out. Let's just get to the end of the season. Don't risk injuries. Let's call it a year. Now the head guy's gonna have to take the. Uh, he's got you know the buck stops with him. Mike Leach, no coffee for him. No coffee with chicory down on the bayou for LSU. Man, do I look like an idiot on this Auburn thing? I even came up with a nickname for him. Frogburn. <laughs> and man, I guess they heard. Gus, he got he got that scattered, smothered, double covered. Well, is that is that a testament to what Auburn is or is that a testament to what LSU That's a great question. I think it's a little, somewhere in the middle. Um, but that's just awful. 48 to... That's three games now that they've given up 40 points plus. And it's not like they've played Alabama or Florida yet. That's to Mississippi State, Auburn, and Missouri. LSU is like the 2010 Auburn team on crack. Yeah, Eddie right. o, Eddie O looking a lot like Chizik. I mean, he's looking a, a worse. Chizik, at least the next year, they, they were still respectable. They won eight games. This is awful. Let's see, what's that? This L- is straight up all the LSU fans who said, I'll, I don't care what happens next. Everything that's happened in 2020 is a result of LSU fans saying, I don't care what happens, just give the Tigers the national title. What's LSU right now? Two and three? Is that right? Uh, it sounds like, yeah, but they've beaten Vanderbilt and South Carolina. In what? They still have Florida, Alabama, Arkansas, L- L- Texas A&M. That, that could be 0-4 right there. And, and Ole Miss to finish the year. Who that can score? That could be 0-5. Ole Miss can score. They'll can put points up on that defense. I mean, is LSU about to have a 2-7? and seven? Maybe. 2-8? 2-8, 3-7? Maybe. Maybe. With their losses, including... I mean, just getting skull drugged by Auburn. Yeah. This Mississippi State team, which isn't that good, apparently. They gave up an SEC record passing yardage, too. I mean, Bo Pelini's, I guess he's one and done. They're talking about they owe a lot of money. You know, they're losing money down there with COVID and all. But And if it, let's say this scenario plays out and LSU does pull up two and eight, three and seven, whatever. I mean, and they fire Pelini. Is, is Eddie O on the hot seat next year? Well, I think when you're an LSU coach, it really, and this is true, I think, for Saban. It's true for Dabo. When you set an elite standard, when you win a national title, you're always only two years away from being fired. Because if you go national championship to, let's just say in a regular scenario, you go eight and five, and then the next year you're three and nine, like Chiswick was, you're going to get canned. Because like you won a national title, now you're three and nine. That's not acceptable. So yeah, if they go two and eight, next year Eddie O is coaching for his job. Yeah. Who does he bring in to help coach if? He's on the hot seat. I can think of a, a defensive coordinator. I would call right off the top of my head. I can get one guy. You think he would? You think he would go for like a one year? You may get canned after this. Well, that's year, the thing, year. though. If you're a coach and you do a good job, you don't think you're going to get canned. Well, you know, no, 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 that. You just know I'm a head. I'm a. I'm a football coach. There's always somebody hiring. When's the last time a coach was like, "Yeah, I just can't find a job." Yeah. I mean, Bobby Petrino keeps getting jobs. All right. You can get a job. So, yeah, LSU though. That's. That was a disgusting, putrid performance by the Tigers. And then nationally, I mean, 
every year in the fall, you got some, some rites of passage. The hair gets colder, the leaves turn colors, and Michigan proves that it's just not any good. I need to, I need to know how this happens. How you lose to a team that lost by double figures at home to Rutgers the week before. You were a 24 and a half point favorite in this game. And you lost. So once again, Michigan is all talk. I don't, you know, I guess Minnesota's not very good either. And, you know, the, the, the easiest path in sports is Ohio State winning the Big Ten. They're certainly going to do that again. It's, it's just, when, let's talk about coaching the hot seat. When, are they, when is it going to finally just work out for Michigan? Are they finally going to have to say, like, look, this sucks. He's our guy. He went to school here. But this isn't working. And we're Michigan. And we should be. I mean, we're not even talking about a national title. They can't win their division. They can't beat Ohio State one time and win the division. You know? I mean, think about Malzahn at Auburn, right? He at least has beaten Alabama a couple times and won that division and gotten the SEC championship game. They can't even do that at Michigan. That's embarrassing. So, again, I, and I know that he's more of a milk guy, but uh, no coffee for Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. All right, this week on Thunder and Lightning, obviously a lot of Vanderbilt stuff. We'll talk about uh, about the uh, Commodores. Uh, we'll talk about... Uh, you know, Mike Leach will talk tomorrow. Uh, we'll hopefully have an update on KJ Costello's health, although you it never doesn't know. seem like Mike Leach's press conferences have started to become not all They're that boring. informative. They're boring. is the word you're looking for. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a combination of the results of the, on the field with the fact that we're not sort of in the room with him, and he doesn't feel like he has any kind of relationship with us. So, you know, he's just he's just talking. Um, yeah. But that's it. We'll see if we get cut some sort of uh, some sort of info on KJ Costello. Maybe the Colin Hill situation will finally wrap itself up tomorrow. I don't know the answers, but we'll find out, and we'll talk about it here on Thunder and Lightning. Guys, have a great Sunday evening and a Monday morning. Back with you on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.